Shalom. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Emmaus Road Fellowship, where we encounter Yeshua in the scriptures. Check out our website at walkingemmausroad.org, where you'll find additional teachings and information on visiting us in Kingwood, Texas. If you've been blessed by this ministry, please consider giving to support Emmaus Road's mission of spreading the good news of the kingdom. May God grant you shalom in the name of Yeshua, our Messiah. All right, praise God. That was just a wonderful time of worship. And I've got to say, it's so exciting to see everyone here today coming to celebrate the Lord at His appointed time of covenantal increase. So we talk about God's appointed times and His plan of restoration and how He works in His seasons to move in various aspects. We talk about Passover, how God moves for redemption. In Pentecost, He's moving with covenantal increase. And with tabernacles, it's with the ingathering of the nations and God dwelling with man at a very high level overview, right? Um, today, what we're going to do is we're going to read through the, the Torah portion for the day and the Haftarah, as well as Acts 2. And then after that, I'll give a, a short message uh, just on Shavuot in general. And after that, we'll have our, our fellowship lunch. But again, it's so good to see everyone here just coming to celebrate the Lord and to engage with Him. So thank you for being here and for all the efforts in making this work, right? So it's, it's a real blessing. So we're going to start out with reading Exodus 19. And Ben, can I get you to come forward? On the third moon, after the people of Israel had gone out to the land of Egypt, on the day they came into the wilderness of Sinai, they set out from Rebekah and came into the wilderness of Sinai. And they encamped in the wilderness. There Israel encamped before the mountain, while Moses went up to God. The Lord called to him out of the mountain, saying, Thus shall, um, thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, and tell the people of Israel, You yourselves have seen what I did in Egypt, and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples, for all the earth is mine, and you shall be to my kingdom of priests a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel. So Moses came and called the elders of the people and set before them all these words of the Lord of the All the people answered together and said, all that the Lord has spoken, we will do. And Moses reported the words of the people to the Lord. And the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I am coming to you in a thick cloud, that people may hear when I speak with you, and may also believe you forever. When Moses told the words of the people to the Lord, the Lord said to Moses, Go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow, and let them wash their garments. And be ready for the third day. For on the third day the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all people. And you shall set limits for the people all around, saying, Take care not to go up unto the mountain or touch the edge of it. Whoever touches the mountain shall be put to death. No hand shall touch him, but he shall be stoned or shot. Whether beast or man, he shall not live. When the trumpet sounds a long blast, they come up to the mountain. So Moses went down from the mountain to the people and consecrated the people. And they washed their garments 
And he said to the people, Be ready for the third day. Do not wear, go near the, a woman. On the morning of the third day, there were thunders and lightnings, and a thick cloud of mountain, and a very loud trumpet blast, so that all the people in the camp trembled. When Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God, and they took their stand at the foot of the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was wrapped in smoke, because the Lord had descended on it with fire. The smoke of it went up like I mean, the smoke of it went up like the smoke of a kiln, and the whole mountain uh, trembled greatly. As the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke. God answered him in thunder. The Lord came down to Mount Sinai to the top of the mountain, and the Lord called Moses to the top of the mountain, and Moses went up. And the Lord said to Moses, Go down and warn the people, lest they break through to the Lord to look, and many of them perish. And let the priests who come near to the Lord consecrate themselves, lest the Lord break against them. And Moses said to the Lord, The people cannot come up to Mount Sinai. For you yourself warned us, saying, Set limits around the mountain and consecrate it. And the Lord said to him, Go down and come up with Aaron, uh, bringing Aaron with you. But do not let the priests and the people break through to come up to the Lord, lest they break out against them. So Moses went down to the people and told them. Thank you, Ben. Some A few things just stand out in this passage, right? God has brought the children of Israel to Sinai, and he's telling Moses, go and tell the people to prepare, because I'm coming. Right? And you think about what we've been doing over the past seven weeks. We've been counting the Omer, preparing for the day of Shavuot, preparing for the celebration of the giving of the Torah, the giving of the Spirit. And God's been leading us, as we talked about yesterday in our message. And if you, if you didn't hear the message from yesterday, um, it is on YouTube, and we're going to make an audio version of it available as well. It's an important message to hear for the vision of Emmaus Road and where God is taking us. Um, so I encourage you to listen to that. Um, but there's the get ready message that the Lord is saying because he's coming to do something new. And the children of Israel, he's saying, get ready because I'm coming. Prepare yourselves so that you can be in a state of holiness when you enter into covenant with me. All right, so Omid, can you come and read Exodus 20 for us, please? And, and God spoke all these words, saying, I am Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under, under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers and the children to the third and the fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to the thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord, your God, in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall do you shall not do any any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant, or your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, 
and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God has given you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or his male servant, or his female servant, or his ox, or his donkey, or anything that is your neighbor's. Now, when all the people saw the thunder, and the flashes of lightning, and the sound of the trumpet, and the mountain smoking, the people were afraid and trembled, and they stood far off, and said to Moses, You speak to us, and we will listen, but do not let God speak to us, lest we die. And Moses said to the people, Do not fear, for God has come to test you, that the fear of him may be before you, that you may not sin. The people stood far off while Moses drew near to the thick darkness where God was. And the Lord said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the people of Israel, You have seen for yourselves that I have talked with you from heaven. You shall not make gods of silver to be with me, nor shall you make for yourselves gods of gold. Thank you, Omid. A common theme between Exodus 19 and Exodus 20 here is the reverence for the Lord. Right? And His holiness and His awe of who He is. He's telling the children to prepare such that they can come in with Him. And then He says here that He has done this. He says, don't fear. God has come to test you that the fear of Him may be before you. How can you not fear, but have the fear of him before you? Okay, it's not a fear to shrink back, but it's the recognition that this is a holy God who is so mighty and awesome that I must take him seriously in every dimension, such that I will not sin, right? And so there's, there's a reverence that is required, and this is part of what we talked about yesterday, the need for us to revere and hold holy and to sanctify the name of the Lord and his dwelling place, that he may dwell among us. Okay, so that's the, the Haftarah for, the, for this week is Ezekiel 1. And this was Ezekiel's vision that he, that he saw. This in the 30th year and the fourth month on the fifth day of the month, as I was among the exiles by the, by the Hebar Canal, the heavens were opened and I saw visions of God. On the fifth day of the month, it was the fifth year of exile from King Jehoiakim. The word of the Lord came to Ezekiel the priest, the son of Buzi, in the land of the excuse me of the Chaldeans by the Hebar Canal, and the hand of the Lord was upon him there. As I looked, behold, a stormy wind came out of the north, and a great cloud of brightness around it, and fire flashing forth continually, and in the midst of the fire, as it were, gleaming metal. And from the midst of it came the likeness of four living creatures, and this was their appearance. They had a human likeness, but each had four faces, and each of them had four wings. Their legs were straight, and the soles of their feet were like the sole of a calf's foot, and they sparkled like burnished bronze. So here you see the same thing at Sinai as you're seeing in this vision of the temple of God. You see the flashes, the lightnings, and the wind swirling, right? And you have the creatures all around it. Under their wings, on their four sides, they had human hands. And the four had their faces and their wings thus. Their wings touched one another. Each one of them went straight forward without turning as they went. As for the likeness of their faces, each had a human face. The four had the face of a lion on the right side, 
The four had the face of an ox on the left side, and the four had the face of an eagle. Such were their faces, and their wings were spread out above. Each creature had two wings, each of which touched the wing of another, while two covered their bodies, and each went straight forward. Wherever the spirit would go, they went, without turning as they went. As for the likeness of the living creatures, their appearance was like burning coals of fire, like the appearance of torches moving to and fro among the living creatures. And the fire was bright, and out of the fire went forth lightning. Now, something I, yesterday we talked about the camps that were around the tabernacle as the children of Israel would journey in the wilderness. And the children of Israel were to have their tents facing the tabernacle, such that they would ha always have God at the center of their life and their focus on him. Well, here you have the living creatures. They're around the throne. They're actually moving in unity, right? And then there's a fire within, within them. They aren't the God on the throne, but there's a fire within them and a light coming forth from them. I've heard teachings about how these four living creatures can be... Uh, representative of the four groups of camps around the tabernacle where you have the, the, the tribe of Judah on the east and his banner is the lion okay and you go through and, you, and there's a certain like on, on the west you had Ephraim his symbol is the ox okay now to the north and south it gets a little less clear to me but people, what people are saying is that to the south there's a representation of man for the face of man to the north. It's the snake is the symbol of Dan and the counterpart to the snake is the eagle that vanquishes the snake. So there's allusions to this in various teachings. Again, I don't know how much I'll really go into it, but the idea here of even within the heavens, you have a picture of camps around the throne that are moving together, that are keeping their eyes on God. And in the picture that presents for us, for the fire that we are to be, the light that we're to be in the world. And the living creatures darted to and fro like the appearance of a flash of lightning. And, and it said, too, that they followed the Spirit, right? That's what was happening in the wilderness. Whenever the cloud of glory would lift, the children of Israel would travel. And whenever the cloud would rest, they would camp. They were following the Spirit, and the, and, the, and the living creatures darted to and fro like the appearance of a flash of lightning. Now as I looked at the living creatures, I saw a wheel on the earth beside the living creatures, one for each of the four of them. As for the appearance of the wheels and their construction, their appearance was like the gleaming of beryl. And the four had the same likeness, their appearance and construction being as it were a wheel within a wheel. Okay, I'm going to jump forward here. Is this uh, the Heftara portion ends with then the spirit lifted me up and I heard behind me the voice of the great of a great earthquake saying blessed be the glory of the Lord from its place amen okay now we're going to, going to go turn to the book of Acts and Michael if you would please come read the first part of Acts 2 when the day of Shavuot had come they were all together in one place Suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And tongues like fire spreading out appeared to them and settled on each one of them. They were all filled with the Ruach HaKodesh and began to speak in other tongues as the Ruach enabled them to speak. Now Jewish people were staying in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound came, the crowd gathered. They were bewildered because each was hearing them speaking in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, all those who are speaking, aren't they Galileans? 
How is it that we hear each in our own birth language? Parthians and Medes, Elamites, and those living in Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya towards Cyrene and visitors from Rome. Both Jewish people and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring in our own tongues the mighty deeds of God. And they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to each other, What does this mean? Others poking fun were saying, They are full of sweet new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. Fellow Judeans and those who are staying in Jerusalem, let this be known to you, and pay attention to my words. These men are not drunk, as you suppose, for it's only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken about through the prophet Joel. And it shall be in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my ruach on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my slaves, male and female, I will pour out my ruach in those days, and they shall prophesy. And I will give wonders in the sky above, and signs on the earth beneath, blood and fire and smoky vapor. The sun shall be turned to darkness, and the moon to blood, before the great glorious day of Adonai comes. And it shall be that everyone who calls on the name of Adonai shall be saved. Awesome. Thank you. Leslie, can you read the rest of Acts 2? Men of Israel, hear these words. Yeshua Nazarite, Nazarite, a man uh, authenticated to you by God with mighty deeds and wonders and signs God performed through him in your midst. As you yourselves know, this Yeshua, given over by God's predetermined plan and foreknowledge, nailed to the cross by the hands of lawless, lawless men, you killed. But God raised him up, releasing him from the pains of death, since it was impossible for him to be held by it. For David says about him, I saw Adonai always before me, for he is at my right hand, so that I might not be shaken. Therefore my heart was glad and my tongue rejoiced. Moreover, my body also will live in hope, because you will not abandon my soul to Sheol or let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. Brothers, I can confidently tell you that the partridge David died and was buried. His tomb is with us to this day. So because he was a prophet and knew God has sworn with an oath to him to seat one of his descendants on his throne, David saw beforehand and spoke of Messiah's resurrection, that he was not abandoned to Sheol, and that his body did not see decay. This Yeshua God raised up, we all are witnesses. Therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God and receiving from the Father the promise of the Ruach HaKodesh, he poured out this, what you see and hear. For David did not ascend into the heavens, yet he himself says, Adonai said to my Lord, sit at my right hand, until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Therefore, let the whole house of Israel know for certain that God has made him, this Yeshua whom you called had crucified, both Lord and Messiah. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the emissaries, fellow brethren, what shall we do? Peter said to them, Repent, and let each one of you be immersed in the name of Messiah Yeshua for the removal of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Ruach HaKodesh, for the promise is for you and your children, and for those who are far away, as many as Adonai our God calls to himself. With many other words, he warned them to, and kept 
urging them, saying, Save yourselves from this twisted generation. So those who received his message were immersed, and that day about 3,000 souls were added. They were devoting themselves to the teaching of the emissaries and to the fellowship, to breaking bread and to prayers. Fear lay upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were happening through the emissaries. And all who believed were together, having everything in common. Sorry. They began selling their property and possessions and sharing them with all as they had need, had any need. Day by day they continued with one mind, spending time in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. They were sharing meals with gladness and sincerity of heart. Sorry. Praising God and having favor with all people, and every day the Lord was adding to their numbers those being saved. Amen. Sorry. Amen. Thank you, Leslie. And you know why? Where the tears are from? It's because of what God was doing in the community in this time and what He's doing in the community today. The Lord is on the move, and He's bringing a new unity. He's bringing us to a new place in Him as one body built up to accomplish His purposes. And that's the Lord is doing something. The atmosphere at Emmaus Road is shifting. The plans and purposes he has for us are being rebirthed. Okay, so, so we have Passover and you have Pentecost. They are two of God's appointed times, but they are intricately related. You cannot separate them, right? For redemption to come, there has to be a purpose of redemption. And that purpose of redemption is snatching the people from death, bringing them to life so they can be with the living one. Right? So that's what Yeshua did. He snatched us from death. And then he said, I'm going to take you on a seven-week journey. And then I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And you will be a people with power who will go forth to all the world and minister my name. Okay, that's the seven weeks that we have been on. And during this time, the Lord has been showing us a renewed vision, a renewed vision of him at the center with us camped around him. Everything in our lives, in our families, in our congregation, being about making the name of God great and making his presence dwell among us. So it's a seven week period, right? He says you shall count seven weeks. And then on the 50th day, that's the day of Pentecost. Well, we completed our seven week count yesterday. And last night, we entered into the 50 day, 50th day, and we're celebrating the giving of the Torah and the giving of the Spirit. Now, a number of weeks ago, I was scrolling through Facebook, because that's a good place to be. <laughs> Not a good place to be. Okay. I scroll very quickly. Does that help? Okay. But anyway, I, I came across this ad, and it was for a, a coffee called Seven Weeks Coffee. Now, I didn't make any association with anything. It was called seven weeks. And, and what they do is they, they take their proceeds, and from their proceeds, they give, us, they give towards ending abortion in America. Okay? So I was like, man, I, that's coffee worth buying. And, and they, they even got coffee from Ethiopia, so it's even more worth buying. So I'm like, okay, so I, I'm going to buy some. So I, I, I bought some. And the next day, the leak came out about the Supreme Court getting ready to overturn Roe versus Wade. Praise God, right? Anyway, so I received the coffee. It's good coffee. I've enjoyed it. And today I went to make coffee, and I, uh, I was pouring it out, and I was like, well, 
hey, I just used up the last bit of it. I used the last bit of my seven weeks coffee. So here on today, my seven weeks are completed. I'm celebrating the day after the seven weeks and my seven week coffee is done. And then as I'm sitting here, I'm thinking about what this is all about. So why, you know, the reason why it's called seven weeks coffee is because it's at seven weeks that the heartbeat becomes in the baby. Okay, so the Lord says, I've formed you in the womb. And the psalmist says, you have knitted my inner parts. And then after seven weeks, the heart is beating and the blood which gives life is pumping through the child. So you think about a redemption and a journey to bring us to a place of life with God. And he says at the end of seven weeks, just as I made the heartbeat, I'm going to make life dwell in you to a new degree. And God, he's forming something in you and in us as a community. Okay? And that which he has formed and that which he is giving life to will not be aborted. It will go forward and bring forth the fruit that he desires. We will see the glory of the Lord in our midst. And we say, yes, come Lord, have your way and move in our midst. May your spirit well up within us to overflowing that we would see signs and wonders that proclaim the goodness and the victory of the Lord. Amen. So the Lord likes to do things over and over again to show us a pattern of how he moves. And when his spirit came at Pentecost, lives were transformed and a body came together in a new way, in a new way that would walk as one, walk in unity and would consider the needs of the others greater than their own, such that they could go forward and be a witness in all of Judea, in Samaria, in all the world. So I can't tell you where exactly our journey's going, but what we are going to do as Emmaus Road is we are going to be camped around God's tabernacle with facing Him, such that He is the center of our lives. And when His Spirit lifts, we're going to go. And when His Spirit rests, we're going to stop. Because He is our guide, and it's only walking with him will we see his purposes and plans played out for our lives and for Emmaus Road. Yes, we're to be a bridge for Jews and Gentiles coming together, but we are to be a place of God's habitation, of his presence. And with that, there is an aspect of how we need to carry ourselves as his ambassadors or as his emissaries. So we're sent out. We will lift high his name and we will represent him well, just as the priests in the temple. God said, this is how you will come before me. This is how you will come before me. And they came before him with honor, dignity, reverence, such that, such that they could carry his presence. And then the priests, their role was to represent the people to God and God to the people. And the way that they would represent the people to God would be in a way that, that is respectful and honored. And then they would reveal God to the people with glory. That the people might fear and revere this holy, awesome God. So may that be what we embody as a people. As a people whose hearts are given to God, whose heartbeat is renewed today as we go forward on our way to tabernacles. Amen. Um.
Let me say a prayer for us. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for the life that we have in you. We thank you for your purposes, Lord. That you are moving in our midst. That you are setting our path. And you have laid out a path before us. Lord, give us faith and confidence to walk in it. Setting all other things aside, Lord, that we might have our focus on you and that we might make ourselves a sanctuary so that you may dwell among us. Your presence within us, within our community. We thank you for this day. We thank you for the increase that is happening. And we thank you for the transformation of our atmosphere around us. And we say, come, Holy Spirit, come. We bless you in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Does anybody have anything that you saw, wanted to share? Anything? Okay, so uh, going back to your heart analogy, right? We're just talking about how hearts form. So in the before that happens, they were looking at a study, right? There's this book that talks about electric, the electric body. So it looks at that there's an electrical potential current that happens before that physical formation comes into play. So there's this, you know, that whole potential is happening. Well, I had this order of worshiping, this vision of like, we're all together in a room, but there's this huge light behind this door. Okay, I need to open this door. As we got closer, I got brighter, brighter. When I opened the door, this light just like came in and started zapping people, and it was like connecting everybody. And it was like it was like everyone started. The light became brighter and brighter because now it was shining through everyone, and it would just start bouncing off people. So it was like connecting everybody. It was, it was pretty neat. You were But then I was connecting up their heart. Electrical potential coming through that then expresses into the physical, often becoming the heart actually. Yeah, the electrical, I mean, the, the heart has electrical impulses, right? Yeah, and and then when you're talking about this light going through us, I'm imagining the living creatures with fire, fire flashing forth from them as they move, led by the Spirit. Right? I mean, this beautiful. Just like for confirmation, this is small, but. We sang the song, Your Breath in Our Lungs. So before that, I felt like the word that it's my heartbeat in, like, in your chest. And so, I don't know, but you talk about heart. Yeah. Amen. Awesome. So, while we were just going through the scriptures, I just saw this just this vision of just this flower that was sitting there, covered and stuff like that. You know, it hasn't blossomed yet. But the process is happening is that like, the transformation was happening slowly the petals started to open and stuff like that. And then it exposed its and what happened that it released these different seeds that started to different seeds and sprout alive opening and blossoming and stuff like that. So I think again just again to come back to the process of just saying that this is a time Right now, God is just saying to us that 
I am there. I want to give you these things. All you have to do is be open and receive instead of faith. Do not worry. I am with you. Amen. Amen. That's beautiful. The, the seeds and the God. You know, he plants a seed that it will come forth and be fruitful. Praise God. So may, may we say yes, as Ben said, to all that the Lord has to bring to us. Amen. So Lord, again, we thank you for this day. We give you glory for your times and your seasons and for the work that you're doing, Lord. We say yes and amen. We're excited about what you're doing. And we want to enter in. We cry out for more. And Lord, we thank you for this time where we can fellowship with one another, where we can be in one accord, worshiping your name, and then we can take time to celebrate here over a meal. Thank you for this food. Thank you for your provision. And thank you for this community, your light and love. We bless you in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Thank you for joining us. If you enjoyed this message, please consider sharing it with a friend or family member and help us out by giving a review on iTunes or other podcast platform. Check out our website at walkingemmausroad.org for additional teachings and information about visiting Emmaus Road in Kingwood, Texas.